the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. <clears throat> Been kind of a, uh, a strange week, actually. Get one, two, three, four days down and one day slightly. Actually, it was uh, almost a break even. N- not a lot, not a lot of activity. Let's see, uh, which is fine. Um, we look at the elections coming up. You know, markets really hate uncertainty, but trying to anticipate which direction the market's going to go based on the level of uncertainty is a great way to do some damage to your portfolio. Because you're either going to be right or you're going to be wrong, and the bottom line is you're going to be guessing. So I would probably stick with a philosophy that you can, you or get a philosophy you think you can stick with, and just keep taking it from there. Now, it's okay if you want to say, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm super concerned about this. Instead of going all in or all out, just do a little. Just make an adjustment. That adjustment will actually make you feel better. And that's what this is all about. Investing is really about managing risk so that you can feel better about what you're doing. Now, you're going to have to take some risk today, particularly with interest rates as low as they are, because it's in- incredibly difficult to generate much income with the interest rates just as low as they are. And, you know, I, probably one of the biggest questions I get, one of the biggest struggles I have uh, are C. It's, it's not my struggle. It's the struggle I see out in the general public is people keep thinking that, you know, if they just hang on long enough, they'll see another 5 or 6% CD start to show up. And I can tell you that, that first of all, it's not very likely because of the amount of debt that the uh, country has issued lately. Uh, interest rates did creep up tiny this week, I mean tiny, 
the here let me uh, actually go to um uh, actually I have to sign in to the <laughs> uh and so I'll have to come back to that but I think I uh looked at interest rates 10 year treasury still significantly below 1% 0.7%. So you get CDs that are out there that are below 1%. For that to get back to 4 or 5%, I just think it's going to take an incredibly long time period. The Fed has talked about not raising interest rates for the foreseeable future. So if you're waiting for that to happen, I, I think, first of all, you're um, it's probably not going to happen, especially not in the time period that you think. But that, that's not the end of the world. There, there are solutions to that problem. The other thing is that stocks are actually pretty reasonably priced. Are they slightly on the high end? Yeah, but probably a little. Small mid-cap international emerging market aren't because those have not kept up with the S&P 500 over the last five years. So you've got some areas there where there's, there's actually good value, very good value. You have dividend yields that are like twice what the 10-year treasury. Now, that's still not saying a lot. <laughs> I mean, you're still only talking about, you know, 1.7, 2% when you see a big a, a company that's paying a large dividend that's that's a lot higher than that. Normally, it's because there's there's risk there. They have to pay higher than that to attract people to buy their stocks. And uh, not always the case, but you know, all other things being equal, and that happens quite often. So what do you do? I mean, what do you do? You've heard me talk over the past few months about fixed indexed annuities. That's a, It's a relatively new form of something that's been around for a very long time. That's a new form. And there's a, the key factor there is the fixed portion. Now, indexed annuities were all the rage for years because you could participate in the stock market, although it wasn't that, you know, you'd typically get about 40% of whatever the stock market made. But the insurance companies were willing to guarantee a benefit value if you annuitized it, by the way. And that's one of the things that, you know, we'll come back to that a little bit later. But you had to annuitize that in order to take advantage of that guarantee. And, uh, you know, that, that's one of the things that I, I just have to kind of stop, step back and say, you know what? I am absolutely positive that a lot of people that purchased those because I, I talked to them, they didn't understand that, that. You can't just take your money out like a CD one day. It's not going to mature, and they're going to guarantee that you get your money back. You actually have to convert that. You have to annuitize it, convert it into an income stream in order to take advantage of that, that guarantee. So I, a lot of people bought those and didn't know what they were buying. And you know, is it the worst thing in the world? Probably not. But if you're if you're getting surprised, and if you thought that, Hey, my 10 years is up. That was the typical, that's the typical period where you have to pay a penalty if you cash in early. My 10 years is up. Let me have my my money plus, you know, all that money that it's made over the years. And then they're like, oh, hang on a second. That's another number altogether. That guarantee was only if you annuitized. So I just want to make, you know, I want to take every precaution that I can to make sure that there's full disclosure here. Just like a little later in today's show, we're going to talk about the lookout for the bull. Full disclosure. I like to get everything I know out there, everything there is that you need to know out there to be able to succeed and to make good decisions. Now, that's not always easy, by the way. 
when I look at the number of options that people have today, holy cow, that's rough. That's really rough. (laughs) Even if you just stuck to only investing, that would be rough. But now you've got Medicare. There are all types of Medicare supplement programs. All of them have different risks. They got um, Social Security. By the way, Social Security, don't listen to anybody that ever tells you that it's going to go away. One of the biggest segments of the voting population are people who are on Social Security. (laughs) So you really think they're going to let them take that away? It's not going to happen. And if it runs out of money, and by the way, it's, it's nowhere near running out of money, but if it were to run out of money, they would just raise the, the level or the age. You know, I fully expect Social Security, probably the full retirement age by the time I get there is going to be 72. That's just what I expect. Okay. Why? Because life expectancies have gotten a little bit longer since they started the Social Security program. Incidentally, you know, life expectancy in America has actually contracted a little bit. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a bad thing, by the way, <laughs> when you look at all this Social Security that is owed. <laughs> that may not be a bad thing. Um, but anyway, so when they first started Social Security, by the way, the funding was zero. <laughs> Why am I saying it that way? Well, kind of to try to get through to people. You know, when somebody's um, panicking, a nice, sweet tone of voice generally is pretty ineffective. It just goes right over their head, and sometimes it actually makes them mad. So if uh, if I'm a little rough, it, it, I have your best interest at heart. <laughs> I want you to hear this is important, and I need you to hear it, and I need you to get it. And by the way, feel free to call me in the office. Call me, you know, send me an email. Go to my website. Sign up for a no-cost consultation. I'll take some of my time and see if I can help you. And I'll answer your questions the best of my ability. I've been doing this. I can't believe I've been doing this now for 32 years. That that is blowing me away. Yeah. I just can't believe it's (laughs) that it's been that long, but I like it. It's, uh, it's actually, it can be fun. It can be very fun, especially if you start young Invest early, invest often. You know, that's really good. Uh, It's very difficult these days and age. It's always been difficult, incidentally. Life's never been really easy. Ask anybody that's lived it. Uh, You can be happy, but you can probably overcome an awful lot of obstacles along the way. And the nice thing about today is that, you know, you really, we have a lot more resources than we've had ever in the history of the planet. There are a lot of resources and they're available. And so we're going to keep talking about these. You know, investing is a big portion. There, there's, there's two things that you need to do to live out a comfortable retirement. If you, if you have a chance, if you've got a chance at living out a comfortable, nice retirement, without having to take a massive pay cut once you quit working, you've got to live beneath your means. So you got to have you got the ability to save money. And then you have to have the uh, a long-term outlook on your investments, particularly today. Because interest rates are so low that it gonna, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to try to make the money last as long as you do. And it's n- not... A small challenge. It, that's a, it's a pretty big deal. 
And I think if you if the vast majority of people are going to have to put up with a lot of fluctuation, which is not the end of the world. This means you have to put up with fluctuation. You have to be careful. You have to be cognizant, understand, aware. There's a big movement throughout the country called mindfulness. You know, it's it's trying to be aware of what's happening right now. What's going on? What are you doing? Uh, what are the long-term effects of that? What are the short-term effects? Just becoming aware, I think, is, is a big, big help. And along those lines, you know, we've been talking about the uh, uh, awareness and the, the awareness of a, a new product that's not that old. Uh, the uh, fixed index annuities are not that old. They haven't been around for very long. I think it's a great innovation. I really like it. It gives people a lot of more. It gives them more options. Something to, to consider. Does everybody need it? No. Is it right for everybody? Absolutely not. In the right situation, I think it's a great idea. In a lot of situations, not so much. If you're under the age of 50, I think you're better off in a balanced fund that's actually more leaning towards stocks than fixed income. Fixed income's only there to keep you from losing your mind when the entire market's crashing. <laughs> that's really what it's for. It's a psychological thing. Because you're not going to make any money in fixed income. I mean, zero. But if you buy the right funds, and incidentally, um, the funds that you're going to get today, if you look at the SEC yields, those those are the yields that when you factor in the premiums that the have been paid for some of the bonds or the premiums that they're selling for, those premiums go away. You know, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, after the commercial break. But the SEC yield factors that in. The SEC yield is the yield that you kind of want to look for because the current yield, which is almost what everybody that's not an investment professional looks at or, or considers, is going to be higher than the SEC yield. The SEC yield, that's what you want to ask for when you're talking to someone about bond funds. What is the SEC yield? The SEC yield, again, it takes into account any fees, costs, or expenses, actually the premiums that are being paid. That's specifically what it is to the bonds that are in that portfolio. When you pay a premium on a bond, you don't get that money back when the bond matures. So it can be a big surprise when you look at the current yield and it says, well, this is 2.5% or this is 3%. And then you see your principal going down because, oh, we forgot to tell you, the interest is only three-quarters of a percent and that other money uh, is actually going away towards the premiums. When a, when you buy a bond for eleven hundred dollars that matures at a thousand dollars, that a hundred bucks goes away. And anyway, that's a long. It's very difficult to describe this over the radio. I should, I probably should have saved that for a seminar that will be held in the future at some point in time. Um, by the way, I think I have secured a smaller facility that I, I can use on where we can do social distancing. I'm pretty sure that I'll be able to do that. So stay tuned for that. I've been working on that for looking for a place and uh, graciously, you know, Salem Communications has actually helped me locate a facility. So that's awesome. And we should be able to do, there's going to be smaller, um, but at least we'll be able to get together and uh, 
talk about a lot of this stuff. I can show you what I'm talking about. It, it's a lot easier when you can draw it and then look at that later. And in fact, I have a drawing that I'm going to go through in the second part of today's show uh, that is the, what I'm calling the new 6040. And this is a technique using the fixed indexed products as a portion of the account, not the whole thing, but a portion and how I think you can probably continue to get the types of returns that have been generated over the past you know, 20, 30 years, which are very good, uh, in this new low interest rate environment. So you better stay tuned for that. That's coming up after the commercial break. And in the last segment of today, we're going to look at the Lookout for the Bull um, website, and I'm going to explain that. And the only reason I'm doing that, by the way, is because I like doing it. It's a hobby. You know, occasionally when I'm talking about stocks, this is what I'm using to pick stocks. This is an extremely small percentage of my portfolio. And I just like doing it. I remind myself of every casino I've ever been in, which, by the way, I don't gamble at the casinos. I think I've gambled a, a whopping total of under 300 bucks in my entire life. Under $300. <laughs> I just, I don't like to gamble. I only like to play the game when the odds are in my favor. <laughs> and you will not find that too much in a casino. So, uh, but that's the nice thing about stocks. You can actually calculate what the odds are. You can come up with probabilities on your own. And it is not advanced math. That's, that's the, the kicker. I was dying when I realized what the calculations were. And all that math I took in college, I was like, what? <laughs> that was a waste. <laughs> Not completely. Actually, it wasn't a waste because I wouldn't have known that the simple stuff works had I not taken the really complicated stuff. So it's, a, uh, it's pretty funny. Think about it a long time ago, man. 32 years. That's just from this industry. Wow, I hear the music. That means this first segment is already over. We're flying today. This is Bill Bullington on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here. I'm here <laughs> every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. And feel free to give us a call, 216-901-0945. If you hear something on this program that you'd like more information about, feel free to go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. I will try to get back to you as quickly as possible. Anybody I haven't really been able to touch base with in the last couple of weeks is uh, mainly because I had a, um, a lot of, well, I had, there was a death in my family. That's the bottom line. And so back in on Monday, full time, uh, we'll be reaching out to those people I haven't been able to get a hold of. And I just want to thank the people that reached out, that that saw the uh, obituary. Thank you so much. It was so appreciated. You have no idea. Uh, it, it just it feels so good when somebody reaches out when you're not feeling very good uh, and uh, gives you consolation. So I really appreciate that. 
and uh, I just I, I feel very humbled by that. So thank you very much. And I'm going to go take a phone call now. I have John. John, how are you doing? Fine. Good, good morning, Mr. Bullington. <laughs> Your love of labor I admire. How is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the sky is not falling. Regardless of elections, we have a lot of infrastructure has to be done. It's a big yeah. land. Yeah. Dollar is still a reserve currency. And, uh, you know, somewhere hey, along the way, hey, would you we like- can survive this. Yep. There's no problem. Right. Would you like to hear something that just came out this morning in the, in the Wall Street Journal that I think is going to help a lot? Um, you know, Tesla and uh, Elon Musk, the CEO of yep, Tesla. Yep. So I there's know. a there's a huge article this morning's Wall Street Journal, and he's and it's actually there's a big video on the website, and he's talking about getting the price of Tesla's and electric cars under twenty five thousand. Uh, that is a huge deal, and you get a you get an affordable electric car. That's a big deal. You know, he built that big battery plant. It's it's bigger than the plant where they build the seven forty sevens at Boeing. Yep. And um, and Honda and GM are actually building a battery plant here back in Youngstown. We, we all just to capitalism imagination. That America is all about. It's unfortunate. Sometimes you know we throw the hands up in the air. Hope is not a four-letter word, and that's what keeps us going, yep. whether it's the financial market or anything else. Yonder is not always yonder green. That's an old English language, yonder. <laughs> and uh, it, it's we, there's a convertible bond there. Retail is not dying. Right. And real estate market is uh, all the empty malls are getting hybrid. Some of the old companies who are bankrupt. Real estate people are picking it up and jointly trying to you know occupy the place. Right. The only thing some other Good and the bad and the ugly is, I'm sure Home Depot and the big boxes have wiped out local stores. On the other hand, Amazon is picking up a lot of stuff that other small people can ship it out. But yep. the only problem is somewhere along the way, they find out with the data, they are bringing their own private label. So yes. it's kind of a, you know, there's good and bad, but survival. Yeah, it's it's basically capitalism. <laughs> That's right. Nothing, you know, this, we can adjust it. Right. Only thing is, don't be a frog in the hot water. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that. You know, that is actually not that easy to do sometimes. I yeah. know, but, you know, I admire you for what you're doing, and I'm an eternal optimist. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean you can't be realistic. But we can put things to work. It doesn't matter who's going to be in the White House or the Senate. It work has to be done. There's right. a, under the bridges and under the thing, you can, I wouldn't even walk there. I won't even go through detour sign because right. they're following the detour sign. Yes, what, 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 in, yes, yes, as, as, I mean, absolutely. You know, Caterpillar, uh, all those equipment companies, they had to put the work pretty soon. Yes. Right. I don't care who, who does it. We have to do the work and we can sit, walk, make things happen, not walk the world go by. Right. It's uh, keep up the good work and I'm just listening. Election is not going to be the panacea for either one. Right. I that, think. That, there's That's a long true. term. I think this is the greatest place on earth. Unfortunately, yeah. some people don't teach that. Right. You yep. Keep up the good work. Oh, well, thank you. Have a, have a good weekend. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Yeah, there's a there is an awful lot that's going on right now behind the scenes. It doesn't make the headlines yet. Um, it will one day, and it is unbelievable that it, this stuff is finally coming to fruition. Yeah, one of the. Uh, uh, <laughs> Challenges I've had in, in my own career is, is I'll read about things and you're going, you get all excited about it. And I, I you know, I, I'm sure I bored people to death for several years. 
before Tesla came out with a, a, a nice electric car and before electric cars actually became a big thing and people were, you know, going, yeah, 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 we'd already heard about it. But by the time that it actually came out and was more commonplace, um, everybody had, uh, you know, it was old news. So, but I'm telling you that that is not done. The advancements in battery technology are going to continue to improve and you're just going to be amazed. Uh, it's a, uh, uh, it's unbelievably interesting to me anyway. I wish everything developed a little bit faster. And I know uh, everybody kind of feels that way. But the good news is it's still developing. New things are coming out. Just like you know, we were just talking about, and I've got to finish this because the uh, I said I would, the new 6040 using fixed index annuities for people. Generally, if you are within 10 years of retirement, you probably want to be looking at this. If you're younger than that, let's say you're younger, you're under the age of 55, and you still want to take a look at it, that it, it's actually fine. There's something that I, I uh, just noticed when I was going through some of the paperwork and or actually some of the, the information that they'll guarantee an income for the rest of your life, no matter how long you live and no matter how poorly the investments may actually perform. So that's a big deal when you're older. When you're younger, you can kind of wait out a bad market. You can just keep investing and make the money back. As you get closer to retirement, you got to be, you got to be aware of that because you don't want the market going down 50% and staying down and taking 10 years to recover that will ruin your retirement. That's where this stuff kind of becomes very important because you have a, a backstop there that's going to kick in and be able to afford a uh, an income that will be guaranteed for the rest of your life. So you can call me on that if you have more questions. But here's what the, uh, anyway, here's what I was kind of getting to. So the old 60-40, 60% bonds, 40%, I'm sorry, 60% stock, 40% bond. Now that, that depends on your risk tolerance, but that's kind of a, a standby for the industry in general, for people who are at or nearing retirement age, or if you're already retired, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Here's what I'm suggesting. You could go as high as 30% in a fixed product, like the fixed indexed annuities, uh, and then 10% would be traditional bonds. You'd still have the 60% stock that it hasn't really changed too much, but that can give a big boost to your portfolio, particularly today, because the rates that the insurance companies are willing to guarantee. Now, remember, those guarantees, they're only as good as the insurance company backing them up. Let me say that one more time. <laughs> the, the guarantees are only as good as the insurance companies that are backing them up. So the companies I'm using have the highest ratings. I'm not interested in a company who doesn't have the highest ratings because you're, this is your retirement. You know, you're, you're relying on that. Now you can kind of, it, it's a little easier to tell which companies don't have the higher ratings because oftentimes they'll have to pay more to lure somebody to, into doing business with them. When I say lure, it's not all companies. I'm, I'm not saying that all companies are trying to trick you. Some of them are, but not all of them. So you just have to be really careful with that. And you have to understand, 
you're purchasing a stream of income. That's what we buy bonds for anyway, right? To, to generate income. That's what you're purchasing. You're purchasing a stream of income. It's, it's a, the investments are not nearly as liquid. It's not like a CD that you can just cash in. Uh, if you were to cash in, there, there's going to be some, uh, if you get too early, you know, you can end up paying a penalty. Um, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff about this. And if you'd like to learn more about it, you know, just hit me up, send me a question, uh, through my website. But bottom line is that they're going to guarantee that a, a certain level of income, and it's based on the amount that you invest and how long you held on to it. You know, kind of like social security. If you retire at 62, you're going to take less money than you get. If you wait a couple of years, if you wait till full retirement age, you get no, uh, they don't take any money away from it. You get your full retirement amount. If you wait to age 70, it actually goes up. It actually goes up every year that you don't take it. Okay. So waiting sometimes for some people might be a good idea. That's something you got to sit down and, and really, that, that's a tough question. You got to take a look at it, figure out what you think you might need, and then take it from there. You always start with what you need. Don't ever listen to somebody like me and say, uh, and just take their advice as if it were, you know, if it's not particular to you, if they haven't discussed what your needs are. Uh, a lot of salespeople just come in and sell stuff. Um, and all they know is price or you know, that's, that's, I just had an experience like that. And it just brought me back to an earlier day. Most people aren't like that anymore, by the way, the vast majority of, of, Salespeople know that people can get online and look up what you're what you're saying, uh, and verify what you're saying if they're you know if they're adept and slightly computer or technologically advanced. You don't have to be super advanced to do that kind of stuff. But it's actually caused. I think it's a good development. You know, people have to be. You've got to be upfront. I've always been upfront. Actually, I've, I became a fiduciary long before that was popular, and I've been doing this for. 20 over 20 years as a fiduciary and the the really big fiduciary push didn't come until about four or five years ago so that's uh actually i just thought it was a great way to do business you know if i'm gonna get if the assets go down and i get a pay cut and the only way i get a raise if it is is it is if the assets go higher guess whose side i'm on <laughs> that's kind of a big deal that's actually a really big deal. So I'm um, very interested in seeing people get what they want. And by the way, two people are not the same. No two families are the same. No two families' needs are the same. Now, there are some things that are kind of universal. I mean, some basic rules, like you probably, if you're under the age of 65, you probably don't want to spend more than 45 to 5% a year of your savings each year. Why? Well, because you could run out of money. You know, bottom line is you could run out of money. I've got a couple of software tools I use to, to estimate how much money you, it, you could safely take out based on how much risk you're taking. And uh, that's something we do for any one of my clients. If you're one of my clients and you want to, to do that, and I will tell you that everybody that we sit down and talk to, that this is the conversation. Here's how much you have in savings. Here's how much you have in Social Security. Here's how much you have in pensions. 
So I can cal- I can estimate for you the amount that you should be able to take out and maintain for 20 or 30 years minimally. These are the estimates, and we should probably stick with those guidelines. That actually, you know, in most cases, I can get that done in about 30 to 40 minutes. So I will do that, by the way, before you ever get there. Um, I'll be ready to talk about it. Now, sometimes if I go into the really detailed, it takes me about an hour. So that's still not that bad. And if you're one of my clients and, and you'd like to see that report, or maybe you saw it but you forgot, that's fine. Be, uh, I try to get it out to everybody. Be, uh, be, I'll be glad to run through that with you. If you're out there thinking, you know, I'm not really sure the, uh, what I should be doing, give us a call. There's uh, no charge for that, no, for consultations. So, And in fact, one of the uh, things I really like about this business I've gotten so many questions from so many people and have had so much experience looking this stuff up or calling and finding out about it that uh, it's been extremely helpful to me personally seeing what I'm going to do, how I'm managing my money. That's very fascinating. How do I keep a budget? And I I do it very loosely, by the way. I download spreadsheets. That's basically what I do. I do have software that can do it. Um, this, I don't know. I guess I'm just a creature of habit. I tend to just download everything into a spreadsheet and take a look at it from there. But the because uh, the spreadsheet you can manipulate, you can move around, and a lot of times the software is not as flexible as a spreadsheet. But there's good software out there too that does the same thing. In fact, I keep, you know, I own Discover the stock, and I keep saying, you know, I should probably get one of those Discover credit cards because they actually have a free tool for that. And I would like, love to see what it's like, but I just haven't wanted to get another credit card. <laughs> and I guess I should probably get over that because the, uh, the tool sounds pretty nice. I've read about it. Uh, I've talked to some people that have it. They like it. Yeah. So I should probably do that, especially since I'm a stockholder. I mean, I'm a stockholder and, and I'm not doing business with the firm I own stock in. Hmm. That seems a little strange, doesn't it? But So I guess I've just talked myself into doing that. I'm going to put a really low credit limit on it. <laughs> I wonder if they'll give it to me that way, but uh, we'll see. So, and that's the other thing about uh, today. Uh, you know, used to, I, I went to Kent State. No, that's actually where I graduated from. And at the time, this is back in the 80s, the Kent State Library was the biggest library of a, um, a public university in the state of Ohio. So we'd see people coming in from all over the place. It was amazing. That, that library was gigantic. I always felt really good about that. I, we'd see people from Case coming in, people from uh, Ohio State coming in to use our library. Oh, oh, how neat is that? Well, today, you have Google. You don't need that. <laughs> I wonder what they're doing with all those floors. I haven't been back there in, in, into that. I haven't stepped, back, stepped foot in that library since I left. So it's still there. I go back campus occasionally for one thing or another. But I just wonder what they're doing with that. So anyway, I thought that was a great tool, by the way, back then. And then Google comes out. In fact, before Google, there was this company called Dialog. And Dialog was a a paid service. You would pay to be able to log into their website. And then they actually gave you a big book that gave you the web addresses of all these other companies that were on their system. It was Google before Google existed. And it was a paid service, which, incidentally, that's how Google started out. 
you had to subscribe to Google to be able to see all this stuff. Then somebody came up with the idea of charging people to advertise their information, their data, and uh, putting it in an auction environment. That was the genius of Google. The rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> but that history is growing rapidly and very interesting. So anyway, I'm uh, coming up to my last commercial break here, a minute or two. But we, So we talked about the 60-40, the new 60-40. If you'd like to see that, if you'd like to talk about that, I would love to show it to you. Psychologically, there's a huge benefit to doing this. It's a huge benefit. It's going to look that the investment side is going to look like it's doing so much better, <laughs> which is a, a huge plus. And now that I hear the music, I'm going to have to finish that thought. And we'll talk about the Lookout for the Bull website when we come back from these messages. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. And we're back. You're listening to Bill Willington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. By the way, I think we're being simulcast on 1220 now. So if you'd like to hear that on that station, sometimes that actually has a much bigger signal than uh, 1420 does. So you can catch it a little clearer, a little farther away. You can also find it on my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Feel free to go there. Feel free to reach out, ask any questions that you have. You know, over the next couple of uh, a few months, I'm going to try to get some other professionals in here in other areas. You know, today, more than ever, it's become an age of kind of specialization. Uh, it's important that you know, I think, anyway, it's important that you are familiar with things like Medicare, health insurance, because those are huge risks to your personal financial status, and uh, some estate planning. You know, there's some things, you know, people ask questions all the time. Um, I get them, you know, a lot of times somebody who's been very successful wants to leave money to their heirs, uh, and there are different ways of doing that, uh, different guarantees that you can get on that, um, and uh, there are things that you can do to kind of control that a little bit. Like I have my trust set up so that there's a trustee and a co-trustee, and they're going to distribute a certain amount each year, uh, and then at some point in time, they'll go just distribute the whole thing. And it's basically my personal preference, and that's what it is. And is there a right way and wrong way? Um, not really. I mean, there there are trusts that get set up that aren't set up correctly uh, or are not actually doing what the, um, the grantors of the trust wanted it to do because they didn't understand. And that's kind of where somebody like me comes in, an intermediary. Uh, you can talk to us we can actually try to convey to your existing attorneys or recommend to attorneys uh, what you are trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. Because oftentimes, you know, communication, I, I remember thinking how silly communication was back when I was in college. I can still remember this, by the way, um, because they told you to tell people what you're going to say, then go ahead and tell them what you just said you were going to say, and then they, you had to tell them again. And I'm thinking, what, are people just not listening? <laughs> I was so naive. <laughs> you really have to repeat quite often. 
And you know, when you're talking about this kind of stuff, the wheels can start turning while you're explaining something. And so you miss part of the explanation and all kinds of stuff happens. Uh, so I, I get it now. Uh, I've actually gotten it for quite a few years. It It's still pretty difficult to communicate on a, uh, a level that a lot of people, that most people are going to understand because you have no idea what their background is, how much of this they've studied in the past, you know, what words mean to different people. And it's pretty interesting, very interesting. So I try to keep everything as, as simple as possible. Um, I'm a big fan of Occam's Razor. If you don't know what that is, I would just Google it. But uh, basically he was a uh, priest that said the simplest solutions are often the best. And you have a... Um, if you're a professional in a field, I think you have an obligation to know your field extremely well. I think the rest of us as consumers, it, it's pretty tough to go out and find somebody that, that you feel like you relate to, that you can trust, that's going to explain in a language that you can understand. That's, that's, pretty, that's a difficult task sometimes. So, but that doesn't mean that you don't try and uh, you know, try to get that stuff worked out so that, that you can get it. I'll, I'll give an example. And I'll give you an example in a second when uh, I shut my phone off. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, the uh, um, just lost my whole train of thought there. <laughs> Don't get old. <laughs> but anyway, a something that you want to uh, an example of something that's that's pretty difficult. I I put up on my website, look out for the bull, a long time ago. The basic process of how to um, invest using a momentum-based strategy, okay? There are lots of strategies. This is just one of them. But on a momentum-based strategy, the, the basic rules are all there. They're all laid out. Everything you need to know is right there. Look out for the bull. So I ran a, every day we run screens. Um, Mike publishes the companies that make the list. And out from that list, these are the companies that are most likely to go higher in the short run. Why do we say most likely? Well, because they're going up right now. If you want to know which stocks are going up in the future, wouldn't it make sense to look at the ones that are going up right now? <laughs> and that, that, by the way, I know what happens here. Everybody's heard buy low, sell high. Wrong. Not for this strategy. If you try to do that with these types of stocks, you're going to get beat. Don't do that. This is a different strategy altogether. And you kind of have to be a hardcore investor, actually, to pull this strategy off. So if you're not a hardcore investor, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay attention to it. I would not pay attention to it. Just like earlier, we were talking about the fixed index annuities. If you're not in a specific category, then you probably shouldn't pay attention to that. You know, we talked about if you're not within 10 or 15 years from retirement, I don't actually more like 10 years of, of retirement, or if you're not already retired, I wouldn't pay attention to it. it it's not going to be that appropriate for you. There are going to be things about it that are going to hold you back. So if you, in this case, you know, this is something that most people probably don't have the time for, and a lot of people don't have the temperament for it either. And you'll know, I mean, you'll know immediately when I start talking about it. 
We've got an investment club, by the way, that uses this as a stock selection tool. A lot of the stocks that I've talked about in the past have come up through one of these screens. And in fact, today, you know, I got to go look up to see what's happening with Navistar. Navistar dropped like a rock, but oh, it looks like it was last Wednesday. And then on Friday, it was up 22% in a day. You know, it, it's almost back to its all-time high. Or is that the all-time high? No, it's not. The all-time high was actually reached in 1983. <laughs> Think about that. 1983. It's coming up on a scan today. And that that's, you know, I guess it, it's not that many people anymore that are around. People that used to say buy and hold, you know, buy and hold. Just buy and hold it. Really? So Navistar, you're going to buy and hold it since 1983? And you're not, you know, so anyway, I'm not going to get into that today. But the... um. The bottom line is, that's a style. It's an investment style. Companies come and companies go. Uh, with whatever style that you choose when it comes to investing, you gotta, you should really know that style. You should be able to relate to it somehow. If you're a buy low, sell high investor, you should not be looking at the website, look out for the bull. You're just going to get frustrated. Different strokes for different folks. Now, if you're like me and you have multiple personalities, the uh, multiple investment personalities, I can do the momentum thing and I can do the value thing and I don't get upset by either one of them, even though there's a lot that could be upsetting. It could be upsetting when I tell you that, look, if you make money on more than half your transactions, you are an all-star. If you only make money on one-third of your transactions, you're still an all-star. As long as you control your risks, if you control the risk, that's for that particular style of investing. If you're going to use a value-oriented style, we're going to say, look, I'm just going to go in and buy these companies who I think are underpriced. I'm going to buy the companies who I think are underpriced, and I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to wait until the market is willing to pay what I believe that that company is worth, and then I'll come to a decision over whether or not I want to sell it. That's the Warren Buffett style, by the way. And there are some things that are, are, are significant to that. First of all, when a company drops in price down to a level that seems like it's attractive, it may not be done dropping. In fact, that happens quite often. The people that, that invest that way, they're called value investors, have a tendency to make a, a large percentage of their profits on a relatively few of their picks. So they're not batting 800 or 900, like a lot of people think they are. If you actually examined their track records, the vast majority of them make 80% or better of their profits on less than 15% of their transactions. Does that seem rough? It does to me. <laughs> and it's not all that different, by the way, from somebody who's the other type of investor who's a momentum investor. And what's really nice about all this stuff, when you have a fixed indexed, product in your portfolio, when you've got a little bit of money in bonds, when you've got a little bit of all the strategies, you don't have to worry about it. You're diversified. Now that I hear the music, I'm going to have to finish that thought next week. You've been listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck. Good investing.
You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.